You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. On this episode of Woo Pod Sui, Nolan Richardson is honored and basketball is back. The Lady Razorbacks soccer team clinches the SEC West and looks for a top berth in the SEC tournament. We have the unfortunate duty of breaking down the Auburn game and previewing the Alabama game. And we break down just what the hell is going on in those Dr. Pepper Fanzilla commercials. All that and more on this episode of Woo Pod Sui. Woo Pig. Number five, you better look at him a little closer. He's a football player. Arkansas, baby. Welcome back to another episode of Woo Pod Sui. I'm Tucker Partridge. This is my co-host, Saul Malone. Say hello, Saul Malone. How we doing, folks? Good to be here. We are here to bring you all the latest and greatest Arkansas news, and we've got some great news to start you off. Saul, the Razorback soccer team became SEC West champions this weekend. Officially, we clinched it, no doubt. That would be only the second time in program history we've done that, back in 1996. It ensures that we will have a top two seed at the SEC tournament in November, but we also picked up some individual honors this week. We got some more honors. Uh, As we all know, Anna Potagil was named Player of the Week, Offensive Player of the Week, but she also picked up Player of the Week uh, by the United Soccer Coaches. Uh, voted her the Player of the Week, so that's two honors in one week for the freshman phenom. Uh, so, yeah, she's taking home some hardware uh, on top of clinching the SEC West, which you absolutely love to see. Big, big win over AM. That was at College Station, a 3-1 win. That saw Anna Potagil score the opener that went perfectly with her hat trick in the previous game. So she racked up four goals in a week, which I guess turned the eyes of United soccer coaches. Again, uh, it's more, more goals than I scored this week. True. True. You have been really off the mark lately. Yeah, I am. Uh, still got a big old goose egg on the scoreboard for goals scored. It really is interesting to have a team that I think this weekend in particular kind of solidified themselves as potential national contenders. This team has gone and knocked off number one, and they've proven that that wasn't a fluke. It is really, really impressive to see kind of a team that wins. <laughs> yeah. It's a good way of putting it. It's uh, nice to see. I think, too, what's important to note is this team has been playing well, incredibly well, away from home. Uh, A lot of away games we go to play in a lot of tough places, and we just quiet a lot of home crowds with our play, and you know we come into people's houses and we shut them down. And that's something really impressive to go into these tough environments and win win football games and win soccer games, uh, football games and soccer games as such. So shout out Lady Razorbacks, bringing home... SEC West title, hopefully an SEC title overall will be great. Really rooting for them. Uh, next game is at Auburn on Thursday, another away game. Um, but make sure you are keeping up and keeping up with the Lady Razorbacks. They are some special this season and deserve your support and deserve to have eyes on them. For real. It really feels like they've caught lightning in a bottle and you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you did not see them. Um, Speaking of champions, one Arkansas champion was honored this weekend in one of the more touching kind of ceremonies that I've seen in my time, and that would be one Nolan Richardson, who had finally the court at Bud Walton Arena named after him, is the sole national championship winning coach in our basketball program's history, and it was a heck of a spectacle to see that court unveiled with his signature on it. Really, really cool. 
plan. Now you know now the Razorbacks are playing on Nolan Richardson court. Very good. Well, obviously well deserved, well earned, and uh, yeah, it was cool to see him honored in such a way. And you know, a, a, a little late. You know, about time. <laughs> yeah, it was good to get that kind of finally taken care of. Um, let's talk about the game a little bit. It was just an exhibition against University of Arkansas at Little Rock. The first time I believe these two programs have played, but it was for a good cause as all of the proceeds from the game went to victims of the terrible flooding that happened earlier in the spring and summer in Arkansas. Um, so that was kind of cool to see those two schools kind of come together for the state as a whole and further serve as kind of a testament to the whole one state, one Razorback sort of deal that I feel like the school tries to stress. Yeah, definitely some state unity there, which was cool. Uh, we got some takeaways uh, from this exhibition game. Uh, mostly that Arkansas can shoot the three ball. In particular, Isaiah Joe can shoot the three ball. Absolutely incredible stuff. He is a laser. I mean, just unbelievable. He was eight for 17 from three. Um, which yes, that is eight three pointers made <laughs> in an exhibition. Um, they moved the three point line back this year in college basketball. That did not seem to phase him at all. Um, it is, I feel like he is going to carve himself out of place to have a shot at playing in the league, maybe because that yeah. kind of shooting is hard to come by. It is uh, just consistently looked good. Uh, obviously, the team I think just moved the ball really well around the perimeter to get him those open looks. And again, yeah, this is a exhibition game against University of Arkansas Little Rock. Not exactly world beaters, but I mean, a good shot is a good shot. And you're gonna if you can keep that sort of production up, you're gonna have a a chance to play. Some other things uh, I think I kind of noticed. Maybe you could. Speak to some of this too. Uh, Jimmy Witt Jr. looked really good. Welcome back to him. Yeah, glad he is back. Uh, man, he just looked like a little bull out there. Just incredibly athletic and quick and just really good decision making, uh, which I really appreciated. Yeah, it. Uh, he definitely has a little pop to him that I'm not sure if he had in his first tenure at Arkansas, but... Now that he's back, it really is kind of cool to see how he's developed over the years. Uh, Overall, I really enjoyed this offense. I think the kind of motion and design plays is going to be something fresh and something that kind of is reflective of Musselman's experience in the NBA. It's kind of like the team is operating on a don't take a good shot, take a great shot. And... You could see that they were making a couple of extra passes that maybe they would have pulled up on last year. And I just think that's going to be a really interesting mindset to see the team get into. We're definitely going to be small this year. We do not have a ton of size, but I thought, and, you know, this is in an exhibition game, but our defense was really good. I think our defense could end up being a strength to where maybe we don't have the size, but we can harass people enough on defense and be solid enough schematically that maybe we can make a little bit of noise. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I thought Adriel Bailey showed some nice range on a couple rebounds, kind of stretched the floor nicely. And uh, I really want to see what Ethan Henderson can do this year. Uh, Excited to see if he can kind of come alive a little bit and just catch fire. And I think when he's playing well, he's uh, another kind of sneaky weapon that we have on this team. So really interested to see how Musselman kind of makes this all gel together uh, and figure out what our identity as a team is going to look like. Cause you're right. We're not, we're not huge. I think our tallest guy is seven, three and that's Vanover. Um, Who may or may not, not even get to play. I'm about to say, I'm not sure how much playing time he's even going to have. So, you know, with, without, if he's not on the floor, our next tallest guy is six, eight. We got a couple of <laughs> guys that are list that are listed as six, eight. So, you know, taller than me, and for for sure. But you know, when it comes to college basketball, not the we're not the, we're not the tallest team around, and that's that's okay. I think we have ways of getting around it, and you know, I think we have some some athletes on the court that can that can kind of compensate for that. But it'll be interesting to see what he what what lineup he rolls out when we 
get to the regular season and how that lineup plays together. If it wasn't already official, I guess last week was unofficial, but uh, Devontae Davis, the point guard who was at Oklahoma State, or committed to Oklahoma State, rather, out of Jacksonville, Arkansas, officially flipped to us and officially committed to us. He officially announced on Twitter, so, you know, that's set in stone if it was announced on Twitter. (laughs) Yeah, um, think, so big things coming for basketball. Yeah, it's always nice to have these flashes of hope uh, in in the middle of kind of of a you know a bad football season. It's nice to have some things to look forward to. Good things to look forward to, but the state as a whole seems to be looking at good things to look backward to. We saw the return of Houston Nut today. At the Little Rock Touchdown <laughs> Club, and he was on today. Like, and let's get one thing straight: Houston Nut is normally kind of just his baseline setting is just being on one, but Houston Nut was on one today. <laughs> he was preaching. It felt like, and it was just it was in session because Houston was not about to give up the floor. <laughs> And he could tell that the room was eating out of his hand. Yeah, uh, yeah, he, he was preaching the gospel. It felt like one of those like tent revivals where he pulls out a little handkerchief out of a coat pocket and just dabs his forehead in and a yeah, spirit not, that only Houston could. Yeah, and he, you were right. He was the floor was not gonna. He was not gonna yield the floor until someone physically removed him from it. Just amazing. We will include some links to that in the article for the podcast. So do yourselves a favor and check that up. Uh, I, you, if you did, you want to give a little recap, <laughs> just the, the the cliff notes of what he said. I I don't know that I'll do it justice. I really don't. That's fair because <laughs> it is. This it is man to see. was holding court. He was. <laughs> it was. I my I think my favorite. Uh, moment was David Basil, the host, asked him what he would say to this year's team who would be a 30-plus point dog to Alabama this weekend. And he immediately went into this character (laughs) saying, all right, everybody, come in here, close the door. Again, to a crowd of people, close the door. Now, we're a 45-point underdog. But Tua Tagovailoa is not playing. We're going to make their backup quarterback scared. And it was just like you would run through a wall for the guy. That was a great Houston nut impression. You know, I've had years to work on it. I College football is better when Houston's in it. I want him to get a job somewhere. So, so yeah, I, yeah, I think just a character like that. I assume it's not going to be anywhere uh, in the state of Mississippi anytime soon. Probably not. I think we may look back more fondly on old Houston than our comrades at Red Cup, for example, do. That's fair. And, uh, you know, for good reason. The man just had to keep digging into some phone records. For (laughs) you. Your ass got foyered. Speaking of getting foyered. (laughs) We got a football game to play. Oh, man. And this information, you do not want to be free. And yeah. We're going to give it to you. You didn't request it, but it's coming your way. This is the freedom of information about how sad you're going to be this weekend and how sad you were this past weekend. Let's, uh, before we, we jump ahead to next week's game, let's do a little recap. Of course, we played the Auburn Tigers this past Saturday. And uh, to say it wasn't pretty is to put it generously. But let's just take a look at some raw numbers here. Uh, First of all, I would like to say that this was a game where the University of Arkansas was honoring one Darren McFadden for his induction into the College Football uh, Hall of Fame, which, of course, is coming a little later this year. He'll be formally inducted, but we were celebrating... Celebrating the occasion in Fayetteville at the at the Auburn game. And I felt so bad that Darren had to witness 
that game. Uh, <laughs> you could see when he was being interviewed on the sidelines that he was none too pleased. Um, and I don't blame him, but, you know. Even threw out a surrender Cobra. I mean, it, the whole deal. Did. Yeah, which, man, I don't think I've ever seen Darren McFadden so defeated for a team he wasn't even he wasn't even playing on. But yeah, let's let's jump into some numbers here. The Arkansas offense put up for the entire game 234 total yards. Ben Hicks went 19 for 39, where 182 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Rakeem Boyd was held to only 39 yards on 13 carries. Devwal Whaley added four carries for 12 yards. So really, really limited on the ground today, or excuse me, on Saturday. And of course, as we all saw, we didn't really get anything going through the air as well. But we did have maybe the encaps the encapsulation of Arkansas's <laughs> 2019 season in one play. And of course, I am referring to the, the fake, fake punt. punt. That oh. is the that is the fake punt. I mean, that is on par with the Indianapolis Colts fake against the the Patriots a few years ago. This the same weird energy of like wh- what is happening, and I don't know about you, but I was watching that, and I don't do this often. I don't say this often, but I actually laughed out loud. Oh when yeah, I saw it when I saw it shaping up into what it was. The second he left his feet to throw a chest pass after a jump <laughs> to to just to just no one. I mean, we had a guy coming across that was, I guess you could say, in the vicinity. And then if just your three definition Auburn of Tigers. vicinity is the entire field. Yeah. I just and the second the second he let it go, I was like, oh, that's for sure going the other way. And the second the Auburn, you know, defender caught it, I just started laughing because that is Arkansas football. And I mean, for all that happened throughout the rest of the game, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it, but I have not been able to stop thinking about that poor punter just being expected to 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 execute this. I can't even call it a trick play because no no one was tricked. This play, I don't I don't know, man. That's that's just Arkansas football the past few years encapsulated in like one perfect moment. I'm gonna play a little devil's advocate here. <laughs> For who? For the fact that this play is clearly an engineering from the machinations of Chad Morris's 90 chess. Yeah. Um, let me tell you, I'll, I'll kind of explain what he's going for here. Um, so this football season is a wash, obviously. Yeah. So he's got to generate hype for basketball. So he's subliminally placing that into the minds of people by having the punter attempt a jump shot. Right now, a lot of tight ends in the NFL are talked about as former basketball players. <laughs> We're tight end you. We've had like three or four NFL caliber tight ends come through here recently. Yeah, we've got O'Grady right now, who's looking NFL caliber. We need new tight ends, man. We need new basketball capable tight ends. And so we're getting those guys like Antonio Gates or Jimmy Graham who didn't play football but started in basketball and then realized they were athletic freaks. We're going to get them early so it doesn't take till they're in the NFL for them to blossom. And so really, I kudos to Chad Morris and the staff. I think it was run perfectly, and <laughs> it's really going to show kind of what we're about here at the University of Arkansas. <laughs> I also believe Eric Musselman was in attendance. So here you go, Eric. Some free recruiting right there. Walk you can take on, it. baby. We got to get some bodies on the bench. <sighs> Man, I, I don't, yeah, that that's going to be, again, just looking forward to every end of year college football recap show. Just throwing that clip on a loop. Again, 90 chess. We are going to be nationally televised, baby. Look at that. Getting we were depressed. on Monday Night Football tonight. We got on Come the On, segment, Man. Come On, Man. I, man, I, 
let me tell you, this will be on every not top 10. This will be on every come on, man. I think that we are building a brand here. When Morris was hired, he said that we would become a national name again. And by God, we're doing it. We're doing it. I don't know if you recall this, but they used to do not top 10 in a format of kind of like a, a tournament. And there would be a challenger oh, yes. every week. And and the, they would unseat the not top 10 or like worst of the worst. Yes. And they had to literally stop doing that because of Mark uh, Sanchez's butt fumble. It won every one for like a year. And they're like, well, nothing's going to beat it. So they had to retire that sort Folks, of format. do I have I, a segment for you? <laughs> I, I genuinely think this one might have. It could have pulled it out, pulled that out of retirement, and and come back to beat the butt fumble. It was, it was bad. Never yield. I don't want to harp on that too long. Never I, I feel, yield. Yeah, and I I expect you know that he's not a quarterback. He's a punter. I'm not mad at him. I'm mad that we thought that was a good idea. Uh, but I'm not. I don't want to harp on him. That's you know. That Which happens. was doubled down, by the way. Morris said in his press conference after the game that that was a practice play that went really well in practice. So. I'm sure a lot of things go really well in practice for Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to, you're not playing any. Like, yeah, I, I'm sure things go, we probably look like world beaters in practice. We probably look like the cream of the SEC crop to Chad Morris in practice. Um, so that's, I mean, that's the Auburn game. They destroyed us. I mean, we can look at the defense real quick. The defense gave up 491 yards. You know, beginning of the first half kind of looked like we settled in. We, you know, we turned the ball over and, we, you know, conceded only a couple of field goals. We looked like we were getting kind of into our groove. And, you know, the defense played hard. And the offense just couldn't get anything going. And in the second half, I think after they scored two touchdowns in the span of, I think it was roughly 13 seconds, um, just kind of broke the back of the defense that had been, you know, doing everything they could to to make the game into something that could possibly be won. And, I mean, after you get after you're just expected to go back on the field, you're not even getting a break. It's going to kind of break the camels back. And, you know, our, our guys played hard on defense and I don't think they ever really quit, but Auburn just clearly had a lot of firepower offensively and could kind of do what they wanted and did through the ball kind of at will, ran the ball kind of at will had, you know, didn't have anybody that necessarily just ran all over us, but had just a crew of people that ran all over us and just had several guys that had, really big runs and you know just was the we're the better team and that's to be expected and we kind of talked about that last week we weren't expecting uh, anything really other other than that maybe a little more competitive game but as adam ford and you pointed out every game in this series has been somewhat of a blowout and this year certainly lived up to that billing and the better team came out on top there would be no upset Unfortunately, unfortunately, Uh, you mentioned it. Uh, I would love for you because we both agreed how frustrating it was before we dive into Alabama. Let's let's talk about this most recent press conference from Chad Morris about about this team, this program and his coaching staff. It is incredibly frustrating as a Razorback fan uh, for someone who's been as diehard of a Razorback fan as I have been for my entire life to listen to a press conference and immediately just feel apathy. And that's hard to do. Like, it's very hard to make me not care. I care about a lot of things. Uh, And I care about Arkansas sports, like, very, very passionately. But you see the coaches come in and literally they say the same thing every week. Yeah. This week was no different. The first thing he Morris led with, bottom line, we've got to get better. Well, bottom yeah. line, we've had to get better since he got hired. Uh, yeah, like that. the reason you were hired is because we have to get better. And we have to get better with you as the coach. Like that's why you were hired. That's why you were brought on. You were brought on to solve the problem of we have to get better, not to keep telling Arkansas fans that we have to get better. We know. Yeah, I, we know believe we have me. To get better. I get it. You're you not preaching to the choir, Chad. Yeah, there is nothing that is shocking about that statement. 
And yet, I, here we are you're again. You're not catching me off guard. With, I'm like, what? No, us? We're doing fine. It's We're great. Bad. We are bad, and we. you're right. We have to get better, and we aren't getting marginally better. And that's where you come in, you and your staff. It just, I mean, I understand there's a limited amount of things you can say in this situation, and I get it. Chad, coming up with content is hard. Believe me. We're big content guys. We're big content guys. We know. But, I mean, literally, I'll read you the highlights and tell me if you've heard this before. We have to find a way to score. We pride ourselves on being as balanced as possible, but we had to throw the ball a lot because we were down. We have to get better. Ben got banged up this past week. Both Ben and Starkle will be out there at practice. But like, I, oh, this is just, I mean, it just. It's, are you you're like. I'm Chad, literally you, reading the quotes. Yeah, Chad. No, but I'm asking like, is Chad just reading a newspaper article like that is being written about his team? Like you didn't tell me anything that I don't know. Or that hasn't like, been I, said before. Yeah, that hasn't been said over the past few weeks. Like we, like just, just a big old, it almost feels a little disrespectful at this point that you won't even try to like, give me, give me insight. Like, yeah, we have to get better. How are we going to do that? What is your plan of action? Not just your platitudes and not just your, your nice words. Like, yeah, we have to get better. How are you going to do that? What are you going to do to light a fire under your coach and staff's ass to get us motivated and to set our guys up to win? Like what, what is the plan here? Because I am so sick of just this under delivered promise that just seems to be kind of the through line of the Chad Morris era. Like, I think I saw so my favorite tweet of the week was someone just tweeted right lane blinkers on. <laughs> or, yeah. Like right lane flashers on. And I was just like, yeah, yep, you got it. Absolutely. I so following up on that, uh, I think Joe Craddock kind of got to redeem himself a little bit. He was asked about the offensive line struggles, and he actually said, I think we don't want to single out one unit. We've got to get open quicker, we've got to do a better job of blocking. It's not just the offensive line. It's the whole unit on offense, not one in particular. So I feel like uh, it was kind of hard on him when he said, you'll have to ask them on the offensive line. So I'll give credit where credit's due, although that is the bare freaking minimum of credit. Yeah. Maybe he listened to the podcast. Maybe he heard you. Well, John Chavis followed it up by saying, uh, this was a disappointing result. So, you know, very cool. Very cool, John. Thank you, John. Your input is noted and appreciated. Pretty dope. Pretty dadgum cool. Okay, guys, we're going to take just a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to preview the Alabama game. Uh, Spoiler alert. It's probably not going to go well for us. We are back. And prepared for the pain. Let's let's break it down. We got a away game, night game in Tuscaloosa, uh, which we have obviously, you know, historically we do well. Night games in Tuscaloosa, <laughs> kind of our national, home away from home. National trend, really. Everybody yeah. seems to do well at night in Tuscaloosa. You just kind of you can just go in there and kind of do what you want. Uh, I, I just a smidge of good news. Uh, and not in a mean way, but Tua is hurt. He's not going to play against us. Which Tua dropped us from being 45-point underdogs to 35-point underdogs. So let it be known that we are reaping the benefits. Uh, do you think we'll cover? You know what they say, good teams win, great teams cover. <laughs> we are not either of those. Yeah, no, I... <laughs> Oh, man. I honestly, I'll be honest. I have no idea how to feel about this one because normally them being out uh, would make me feel like 
I don't know. Maybe we have a chance. We can take advantage of this. Like, do you want to beat the guys when they're at their best? Sure. But will you take a win over the guys when they're not maybe at their best? Absolutely. Every dadgum day of the week, especially this season. But their backup quarterback, Mac Jones, uh, didn't look inspiring necessarily when he came in in relief. But we tend to make the uninspiring folks look real inspiring. So I'm sure he will have a Heisman performance. It's frustrating. And against uh, Arkansas. He's not going to have to look impressive. He's going to have to no. be. A ga- he's going to have to manage. The, he's going to be a game manager, and that's that's fine. I mean, the running game is going to handle most of the. It's going to take a lot of pressure off him. He's not going to have to shoulder a huge load of throwing the ball downfield to beat us. That's not something that you have to do to beat Arkansas at the moment. Well, and they don't he's ever a, have to throw the ball downfield anyway. They'll just throw a little dump off, and then their NFL caliber wide yeah. receivers, <laughs> Jerry Judy, will break just every tackle. Make a play. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think I don't think the game plan changes much for Alabama this week. Um, I would just be interested to see how we respond. Like, I, again, I don't think we're going to come off this Auburn loss just fired up and be ready to just go and beat the number one team, you know, in the country. But I do think I, I'm interested to see how how the guys play uh, in this very tough environment, coming off a tough loss where we got shellacked going to play this, you know, world-class team that always is incredibly well-prepared, no matter who, like, and I think you could genuinely say this season, if Alabama wanted to look ahead to the next game, they could very well do so, and I don't think it would be an issue. I don't oh, think no. that they would Not at all. overlook us in a way that we would sneak up on them. But I will be interested to see in how they play with their backup quarterback and how we come out and respond after a brutal loss and against, you know, this number one team and i i mean i would love to be wrong love to be wrong i mean and there's part of me that feels like it's just the perfect arkansas situation where uh, we lose all these games and then somehow knock off alabama there is a situation with dramatic irony that way however i just i don't see it happening there's just i mean because like you said mac jones is not going to have to heave the ball down the field and quite frankly if he does we haven't really shown any ability to stop anybody from doing that so it it is not gonna look good this weekend i do not think we cover but Mm -hmm. i also would never ever tell anyone to bet anything on or against arkansas because that's just another way to be disappointed Yeah, I think the ultimate question, and I don't know, I don't think this is something that is being considered in the locker room or anything. I'm just interested to see, do the players still want to play for Chad? Do the players still want to play for this coaching staff? And granted, it's a little different in college than it is in the professionals where you can just kind of, if you don't like your coach, you don't necessarily have to play for him. You know, college, you're not getting paid and you're not, I don't know. You know, it's it's obvious. It's different. It's a different world. But I, I'm interested to see like this team, while you know losing poorly, has never given up. I would say they've right. always the effort has been there. I'm interested to see is this is there a point where the apathy that the fans are feeling and just kind of the apathy that's being thrown just being fed to Arkansas fans from this coaching staff, if it catches up to them and bites them in the ass because the players feel it as well. I don't, I'm not, I mean, I don't want to speak that over this program. You know, I'm not manifesting that. I don't think you are. I think, I think at some point it, they have to feel the same way we do. Like, like you can, like I can only hear my coach give the same press conference so many times before I like, I'm like, come on, man, give me something else. Give me something to work with. Yeah. I think there is part of this that I actually think the fans have done a relatively good job on. I don't think that any of us are mad at the players. They've looked like they're playing their hearts out the entire time, the entire time. I don't think there's ever been a moment where I was like, oh man, the players are phoning it in. Yeah. The 
frustration I feel like would seep in only directed towards Chad because I think that's who the fans are upset with. And I don't think, you know, you're of course already seeing people wanting coaching changes and stuff, but there are always going to be those people. You can win 10 games a year and still hear those people. But the lack of progress at all is what's starting to catch up. Because, yes, I think that we look and statistically play better. We do. I I think this team would beat last year's team. But if that ends up with 2-10 and still, I mean, there's only so many moral victories you can put up with before you're like, okay, I want a real win. Like, Yeah. Because these players want to win. Yeah. And we want them to win. The f- I, I I want as crazy as it sounds. I want Chad Morris to have an SEC win on his resume. I wish Chad Morris would be the best coach in Arkansas history. I just yeah that uh, I think we're running out of evidence and running out of excuses, and yeah. that yeah. is where this shadow of doubt comes in. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, it's just it's just tough. And like again, I think I said this. On the last podcast, this podcast is not aimed to be the negative Nancy's or doom and gloom. You know, you get plenty of that in Arkansas media. The, anybody that covers the hogs, you're, you can hear people. And that's why, again, we try really hard to find ways to cover this, this football team in this season in a way that makes sense, in a way that makes you feel a glimmer of hope. But this, this, you know, like we said, we're just in the, the wood chipper of the SEC West right now, and we have to play... Alabama on the road and then we get Mississippi state at home. And then we, you know, get a break with Western Kentucky, but then we got to go to LSU and then we got to play Missouri, you know, and like, and Missouri is looking really good right now. And LSU is, I mean, you got some of the best, the, like three of the best teams in the country are in your division or in the sec West. And we have to play all of them and we have to play, you know, we get one of them at home. We get two of them away. And that's just the reality of playing football in the sec and the reality of Arkansas's season that's coming up. And like again, we we try really really hard to be positive and to be on board with what's happening, but when you have the apathy that is seeping into it seems like the coaching into like the coaching staff and into those practice into the film room and that sort of stuff into the behind the scenes stuff, that's where it gets frustrating and that's again you're right just like what what other excuses are you going to come up with? Like, what else do you have to give me? Because at this point, I've heard it all, and you are boring me to death. It just, I, I don't know. Let's not sell Missouri too high, because they lost to Vanderbilt this week. That's but true. They, I, I was looking at their, before they, they were coming in, they came in ranked number 22, and Kelly Bryant had been looking really good. Uh, but yeah, I guess they did lose their Vanderbilt, but I get, but that's like, all the more reason to be frustrated because it just goes to show you like, Oh, a worse team can jump up here and do something. Yeah. Like we, that could have been, us I against Kentucky. we will, but yeah, it's possible. Yeah. I mean, the fact that See, we have to be comparing ourselves to Vanderbilt wins is already sickening. That's, that's tough. Uh, that's real tough. Uh, Vanderbilt. Again, has an SEC win. They gave Derek Mason a, a you know, at least get, got him an SEC win this year. So they will have that. Um, but yeah, I again, I don't think there's too much to preview. I think the the one advantage we do have, uh, the kicking game. Alabama notoriously bad in the kicking game, and at least in the field goal aspect, they always have good punters. But field goal wise, our guy Connor. Hey. Limpert is a bright, shining beacon on what otherwise has been just a black hole. <laughs> just offensive weapons. I'm going Rakeem Boyd, Cheyenne O'Grady, the two uh, freshman wide receivers, Knox and uh, Knox and Burks, and then Connor Limpert. Uh, yeah, real scorcher there. I <laughs> take. <laughs> Yeah, no. I so, mean, yeah, that's, we get a couple field goals. That could be great. That would be neat. Uh, yeah, just not getting absolutely blanked would be nice. 
would be cool. To um, end on a more uh, positive, happy, funny note, I guess. But there's yeah, there's a couple things I want to end on. You go first. Uh, there is a petition making the rounds right now on change.org. Change.org, uh, baby. Notably policy-affecting website that does a lot to change the world. Um, it has yeah. 4,000... Every time I sign... Every time I sign one of those things, it happens. Immediately. I mean, it's just amazing what change.org is able to accomplish. Um, the 4,494 people have signed it as of recording out of the 5,000 people goal. And it We're is close. to rehire Bobby Petrino as coach of the Arkansas Razorback football team. And incredible that you only need 5,000 people, first of all, to make that happen. That's true. Apparently, Hunter Juracek's price is really low, and only 5,000 people out of a 3 million person state um, are needed to both fire Chad Morris and hire Bobby Petrino. Um, Let's read. I don't know if you saw, but uh, we have 5,000 signatures, so we're legally obligated. They signed the petition, sir. Ah, uh, well, you got me there. <laughs> I it, 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 Let's take a couple of excerpts out of that because there are some just astoundingly great arguments. Rebuttals to arguments against rehiring Petrino. They have a section. See, they, they're so good, they have a section already rebutting arguments. Petrino should not be allowed to return to Arkansas. Because of his public moral failure seven plus years ago is apparently an argument that they think we're making. Um, They follow that up by saying people make mistakes in life, even those that excel in art, sports, government (laughs) at all. Most everyone loves a redemption story. Allowing Petrino to come back to coach at Arkansas is not a dismissal of what came before. Likewise, he has already paid the price. Again, we see this notion that he has paid some price for not only having an affair, which is the public moral failure from seven plus years ago, but siphoning U of A money, $20,000 of money to hire an illegal mistress and buy her gifts. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care about the that he had an affair. That's fine. Like, oh, it's not fine, but like, who cares? Like, I, I don't, I didn't ask. Like, that's, if you want to go cheat on your wife and be like a scumbag in that regard, that is within your rights and not illegal. It is like very within the law to do that. However, siphoning thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of of thousands to an illegitimately hired woman who is also your mistress. That's where I have to, and I don't want to be like a hard ass, but that's where I personally have to draw a line. Well, and that's just, I mean, a, a very tenuous line to draw, obviously. Yeah. That is just a real high bar that nobody can <laughs> you, meet. Yeah, feel free to call me old-fashioned there. <laughs> uh, but that, that's just not going to fly with me. Now, and folks, again, you just can't siphon $10,000 <laughs> anymore. What happened to the world? <laughs> And the like, and the other thing too is that this guy deserves like he had a redemption story. He got to go coach wherever else he wanted, you know. Like he went back I, to I Louisville. Wanna, yeah, I don't want to rehash that. We've already made this point a, a few episodes ago, but yeah, like this guy has been fine and will continue to be fine. He gets paid for spe- they like made the the point that he got a standing ovation at the at touchdown club in Little Rock. Yeah. Anyone can do that. If I went down to the Little Rock Touchdown Club and said the right amount of words in the right order, I could probably garner a standing ovation. Just because 200 people in a room gave me a standing ovation does not mean I get to coach a Division One SEC West football team. That's like that's not a merit for any. Like that shouldn't be your gauge of success for any job. Like, oh, I got a standing ovation at the Little Rock Touchdown Club. Really cool, man. That's awesome. You know who else probably would do that? Houston Nutt could probably do that. Oh, Houston had him eating out of the palm of his hand. Houston would be rehired tomorrow. 
if that's if that's the bar, we could have. There's like four or five people I could name right now that are viable head coaches for the University of Arkansas. Urban Meyer, who went down there and did not know who we were playing, got a standing ovation because he believed in the team. Oh my god! It's a low bar to clear to get a standing ovation from the Little Rock Touchdown Club at this juncture in time. Speaking of which, David Basil, if you would like to have us speak at the Little Rock Touchdown Club, we would do it we for are free. Available for free. Available, and our rate is very good because, again, free. Charge you no money. I'll end this with perhaps the greatest take I've ever read um, in response to this petition. One of the backers who gave five days ago, this has been circulating for a little bit. My years as a student were spent with exciting football and a vibrant atmosphere on campus and throughout the state. For a state so willing to forgive Bill Clinton, isn't it time we hashtag bring back Bobby? Yes. Wow. I'm just old. Folks, it's time. It's time. Bill Clinton Um, needs to be the new head coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks. (laughs) As we all know, everyone in Arkansas just loves Bill Clinton. Real popular guy There were here. audible groans when he had a video during the exhibition basketball game <laughs> honoring Nolan Richardson. Yeah, but the state has forgiven him. Yeah. Oh, my God. I would just want to end with this question for you. <laughs> I, and just so you know, we will... At some point, we will stop talking about Bobby, but people got to stop giving such hot takes because it just, again, we're huge content guys and it just feeds into the You're content feeding machine. Our content. Love it. Here's a question for you. And I posed this on Twitter because it has bothered me since I saw it air for the first time this season and just kind of the past two years. This, this Dr. Pepper commercial, <laughs> this Fansville series, in the two years that I've been watching these commercials, there are only two teams mentioned, Tech and State, and they, of course, are bitter rivals, just like every school where, you know, Arkansas Tech is a big rival of Arkansas State. It is known. Texas, Texas Tech, Texas State, huge rivals. It's just if you have a tech school and a state school, they don't like each other. It's science. Here's, here's my question. In this universe, are these the only two schools that exist and they play each other 12 times a year with a buy that they just happen to line up? Or do these commercials take place exclusively during the week that they play each other uh, and that sort of thing where the results usually in favor of state uh, just kind of are reflected? What, what I Because th- either way sounds like hell. Because these people either live in a universe where they get to watch two teams play each other every year 12 times or they are constantly stuck in a loop of one game weekend. And also a world where Dr. Pepper is kind of equivalent to alcohol, I might add. I think that they're sort of taking a page out of Mike Schur's playbook. I think it's the bad place. You think that's... you think Fansville is the bad place. So it's like if you are bad in your life, you are relegated specifically to specifically as a sports fan. If sports you're a fan. bad sports fan, you get sent to Fansville, where you are either selected into tech or state, and you are forced to relive that game weekend over and over and over and over again. The perk, I guess, is that Dr. Pepper becomes an alcoholic type addictive drink um so you get to water your sorrows down with dr pepper but you also have to deal with a dr eddie george and a general store owner les miles so and apparently a wife that has uh affairs with fans from the other school giving birth to an illegitimate baby that came out fully clothed in tech gear because that's the only way that he can tell. That, that that's the way the bad place the, works. 
Yeah, I don't. I because I feel like if I dive too deep into the the anal- analysis of this commercial, my brain will break. Well, that's the thing know- is that the lore of Fansville is a lot more complex than like the lore of Larry Culpepper. Bring back Larry. It was a simpler time. It Dr. wasn't Pepper, baby. as complicated. We didn't have to know the backstory or read about the expanded universe. Uh, just bring back Ice Cold Dr. Pepper here. Ice Cold Dr. Pepper here. He also apparently, remember, he invented the college football playoff. So he did do that. Shouts, shouts to Larry Culpepper, baby. Larry, come on the show. Larry, come on Arkansas fight, baby. We'd love to have you. I think, I think that's it. I think that is it. That's a great way to end the show. Folks, thank you Uh, so much for listening. Thank you so much for checking us out. Thank you so much for your continued listenership. We have reached 1,500 downloads in four episodes, which is really, really exciting. You can check us out on Twitter. It might not sound like a huge number, but for us, that's, that's awesome. That's big stuff. This is our first time ever having a podcast on this network. It's exciting that people continue to listen to us. There's a lot of options. So many people cover the Hawks. So many people talk about the Hawks. You know, there's nothing else to talk about in Arkansas when it comes to sports. So we really appreciate anyone that comes to us for thoughts and opinions on what's going on in Arkansas athletics. Let us know how we could improve. Obviously, this is a podcast by fans for fans. So we want your input. Follow us on Twitter at Tucker Partridge at Saul Malone at Arkansas Fight. And keep keep the hope alive, folks. Yeah. Someday it'll tough, come around. Keep supporting the boys. Uh they're they're every game they go out and they play they play hard. So, you know, obviously we're not seeing the results we want and people are frustrated and, and we are right there with you. But at the very least, you know, keep supporting the kids because they are doing it for us. Um and we cannot thank them enough for continually choosing to go out and continue to play for play for Arkansas and, and represent the University of Arkansas in, the, in a way that they do. Thanks so much for listening. This has been Wupatsui. See you next time. Wupig. Number five. You better look at him a little closer. He's a football player. It's Arkansas, baby.